Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It's 1008 WTIC News Talk. 1080, this is Will Marotti, your host, Matt Sorois, our master of ceremonies, and uh, good to be back with you. I was gone a little bit last week over the weekend, and I'm back. I feel fine, by the way, just in case you're curious. I feel absolutely fine. Yes, it's, whatever this is, is settled in my in my uh, my voice, and I'm going to take action today. So I'm not I'm not putting it off any longer. I'm going to go both the um, uh, pharmaceutical and natural uh, natural path method. But anyway, I feel good. And I'm so happy to have with us Steve Bucci. Steve's got an incredible resume. Military service, served our country for over 30 years, most of that time in Special Forces, served in the Pentagon, uh, West Point graduate, War College. Love to have him on because he has such a wealth of knowledge and experience when it comes to military issues. And with this war that's been bothering me so much, uh, in Ukraine, uh, some good news starting to, it seems like, starting to come out of there. So let's welcome Steve Bucci back to the program. Hi, Steve. Hi, Pastor. It's good to be back. Um, am I am I making, a, am I painting this to be a, a too rosy a picture where I'm reading that, this is from The Guardian, uh, a third of, of the military invasion force of Russia may likely lost and and reports now that Ukrainians are pushing back and pushing Russians out of Places that they've helped pre- is, it, is that is that accurate or am I painting the wrong picture here? Uh, well, I think it's it's good news. Uh, I'm not sure how they're counting that one third. Yeah, I mean, what is that comprised of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're counting the you know actual number of troops, if they're implying that you know one third of the nearly two hundred thousand Russians who came in are dead. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think they've yeah, killed yeah. quite that many Russians. If they're saying one-third of the units that went in are no longer combat effective, mm. then that's probably accurate. Okay. Uh, I'm, I mean, I well, how many specific articles, so I, I don't know what, what they mean by it. So it's, it's good news one way or another, but just don't. I don't think it's quite as over-the-top yeah. good news as some people are, are portraying. Uh, but it's... The, the Ukrainians continue to push back. They're pushing them out of some of the areas that Russia thought, okay, once we 
cut back our goals yep. to just to take the Donbass and, and the coastline mm-hmm. that we've got this down. It doesn't seem like that's the case either. They're still losing. Yeah. Uh, and that's positive. Uh, we need to continue to support Ukraine, but I don't think that, you know, the, the president's, you know, $41 billion or whatever the heck the ridiculous number was, you know, of a blank check yeah, right. is the right way to do that. I, 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 I want to see some specifics. What, you know, what programs are we funding with this money? Uh, exactly what is the, you know, the rationale behind funding those programs? Is there a bunch of other junk in there uh, that has nothing to do with Ukraine? You know, the Biden administration has has a track record now of making big, bombastic statements, very broad uh, assertions, putting a gigantic price tag on it and saying, you know, if you question this at all, you're you're a horrible person. Uh, And then they lard it up with a bunch of fat. Uh, So I I think it requires a little more um, scrutiny. Uh, we should be helping Ukraine, but let's help them with exactly what they need at the level they need it and not use this as a vehicle to uh, get other stuff in there that shouldn't be. Well, what I don't understand, uh, Steve, and we're talking about Steve Bucci of the Heritage Foundation, what I don't understand is why is it always, why are these always these, these big dollar amounts attached to these things? Why can't we just send weapons? Why can't it just be anti-tank missiles, anti-aircraft missiles? Why can't it just be straight-up weapon systems? Why does it always have to be accompanied by X number of billions of dollars of cash? We saw the story last week. It was unbelievable. The PPP money, which was the payroll protection money that a lot of companies were eligible for, $100 billion of it, now they're saying, was taken by fraud. So that's the problem with these huge billion-trillion-dollar packages. There's no accountability. There's no oversight. So why yeah. why can't we just do what they need? It's like, you know, we held back on the MIGs. They're asking for MIGs. We wouldn't do it. We wouldn't do it. We wouldn't do it. Why don't we just give them equipment and not give money? I, I mean, that's I don't understand it. Well, a, a lot of the, the dollar value when they announce something like that is actually in equipment. It's mm-hmm. not just handing them bills that they then yeah. pass yeah. around. Uh, and some money has to go with it when you just give equipment because they got to be able to to fund it, uh, to move it, to, to support it. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, the, this blank check kind of concept, you know, in the government, they call them omnibus bills yes, where they cover, yes. you know, tons of different programs with one bill. Uh, it, it's a, it's a gimmick by the, the party in power to get money to programs that don't need, don't need it that they know they couldn't get through Congress as a, you know, on their own uh, accounts that, so they hide it in these bigger things, attach it to something that all of us kind of agree, or most of us kind of agree should happen. And then they, they get the rest of it through. It is Mm -hmm. a habit. Frankly, it both parties do it. The Dems of late have been doing it with much bigger numbers than anybody (laughs) in a long time. Uh, and, and it's wrong. It wastes our our nation's funds. It wastes our assets. It stirs people up in ways that it shouldn't, yep. both to support these things, but also to resist them. Right. Uh, and instead of just doing what you said, figure out what they need, 
give them what they need. If they need a little financial support along the way for food and say, okay, give them that too, but let's scope it appropriately and not try and make it, you know, that every project is not the Marshall Plan at the end of World War II, you know, where we've got to rescue 25 countries from from outright destruction. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is not that. It's big, but it doesn't need to be Marshall Plan big, Uh, you know, or Manhattan Project big. Uh, Those are all gimmicks, and it needs to stop. The American people should demand that it stop, uh, and we neither party, the the people in either party, uh, as opposed to the politicians, should support it when it's done, whether it's done by the people you oppose or the people you agree with, because it's wrong and it's wasteful. You know, Steve, I'm wondering, and, and help me understand this from a from a, strate- a, a strategy and, a, and a, just a war perspective, right? It's hard for me to understand how a small country like Ukraine limited resources uh, can be attacked by, I guess, what what some would consider the third superpower, third largest superpower after uh, us and China, or China and us, however you look at it. How can they do that? How are they pulling this off? How are they beating this this massive? Or or is is the reputation of Russia uh, not what it really is, and we're finding out that this is kind of like the Wizard of Oz, and we're pulling the curtain back, and we're finding a, a worn-out old, uh, old military machine that isn't up to the up to the challenge of fighting these Ukrainian people who love their freedom. How, how does that happen? How is this taking place? I guess is my question. Uh, combination of things. Uh, on the good side, the Ukrainians are brave, and they're fighting for their own country on their own ground. They're willing to fight. They've been fighting and yeah, rotating yeah. through the combat in the eastern part of the country since 2012. Mm-hmm. So they've got a lot of folks who have, you know, fought for a year or two out there in Donbass and then rotated back to civilian life. They've all been mobilized. So the forces fighting the Russians are bigger than just the Ukrainian military. It, it's the population at war. Yeah. That's all positive. Uh, the on the Russian side, you're, you're right. Their their reputation obviously far outstrips their capability. It turns out they got crappy leadership, really really bad planners. Apparently, no nobody who works in logistics at all. Uh, their their soldiers are conscripts of low morale, low motivation. They don't have the leadership that can provide that motivation and that leadership. So they're, they're out there doing something that most of them don't want to do, but Vladimir Putin ordered them to. So they're in there trying, and, and they're just not good at it. Yeah. So all those things combined, and then the support from the West to Ukraine to give them the, the wherewithal to, to operationalize their desire to defend their country – and, and it's really what the Russians thought was going to be a quick, easy, mm-hmm. decapitate the government, occupy the country, and do what we want before anybody can say boo, has turned out to be a quagmire for them. And uh, hopefully at some point Putin will wake up and go, you know, this isn't working. Let's go home before we, you know, cost us any more. But we, we don't know when that point will be reached. So I, I heard something yesterday. I want to see if I can equate this. 
the uh, the owner of the uh, Rich Strike, who won the Kentucky Derby last week, has made the decision not to enter him in the Preakness or the Belmont. In fact, they're going to put him out the stud, let him be a breeder. And at first, I think people were surprised, but I guess it makes sense, right? You're one and oh, you just won the biggest race you can win. Let's take him <laughs> off now. Because if he loses or if he gets hurt in either the Preakness or Belmont, his value diminishes right away, right? So he's got the he's got the title. He's the Kentucky Derby champion. Let's let's you know make the money while the money's good. Is the opposite of this true with Russia? Here we have Russia. Everybody, oh, fearful Russia, Russia, this, Russia. and now we find out Russia. I mean, they're not a toothless lion because they have all the nuclear capability, but they're certainly not the big bad wolf we thought they were. Maybe does that change their standing in the world? Does it change how China views them as as they were looking as a potential partner. Has their value diminished over this Ukrainian conflict? I, I think absolutely it has diminished. If you look back to the first Gulf War, uh, when we fought against Saddam Hussein, whose military was using all Russian equipment, yep. and it turned out their stuff, it was such an overmatch. You know, we could kill their tanks from twice the range that their tanks could even think about shooting right uh, i mean they couldn't even see us yet and we were <laughs> killing them and that hurt russia's export market yeah. uh and you know they're they realized their stuff and their tactics weren't that good right uh then they they seemed to rebuild themselves that you know after chechnya and places like that they they supposedly rebuilt their army and you know increased morale and professionalism and made better equipment well, it turns out now apparently all that good equipment is the stuff they they export, and for their own military they kept all the lousy stuff. Uh, so again, Russia's standing and reputation in the world will definitely be hurt by this. Their reputation as a cyber power. Everybody said, "Oh my gosh, you know, what if Russia just turns off everything in America?" Yeah. Well, it turns out they don't have the capability to do that. Uh, and even their capability to turn out everything in Ukraine seems to be a little bit short. Yeah. So, again, that massive reputation, much diminished. Uh, I, I think we have a real view of Russia now. It's, it's dangerous, especially with somebody like Putin at the helm. Right. Uh, they, they, they do have nukes, even though they're old nukes. You know, a nuke is pretty, in, you know, ridiculously bad. Right. Uh, right. So we do have to consider all that, but they're not the giants we thought they they were. Well, well, I I guess that's I mean that, that's only good if if you know if they're a, if they're a, an adversary a potential potential opponent. I guess that's only good. Uh, reports coming out more and more about uh, Putin's health now, saying he's got a, a blood cancer. Um, what does this do to Putin standing with his own, within his own country? Does this do people are they already doubting him as a leader? Are they already questioning him? And, and do you think this this ends his reign in in uh, Moscow? Uh, you know we don't know, and and the reason we don't know is because we don't know how much of that information, how much accurate information from what's going on inside Ukraine is reaching the the Russian people in general, but even the Russian leadership. You know who knows what. How invested are those people in Vladimir Putin, vice in the, the nation state of Russia? Sure. Uh, you know, it, it's 
it's it's a very opaque situation. So we really can't tell if people are starting to move. You know, there's not massive protests in the street in in all over Russia, mm-hmm. mostly because all the Russian people are getting is the the curated propaganda of the state controlled Russian press. Right. Uh, and and even their access to the general internet where they might get more information is severely curtailed, more so than normal. And it's already curtailed on a regular basis. But since this started, they've really put the screws down on it. So until, you know, they know what's really going on, yeah. uh, you know, that, that groundswell of, of antipathy towards Putin may not co- be c- caused by it. His health, yeah, that, that's an issue. If he can... If he no longer has the ability to make the calls to maintain control, which in his case is, you know, intimidation and violence uh, and that sort of thing, then, uh, you know, somebody may decide to go, you know, turn off his ventilator. Uh, but we don't know yet. It's, it's something that our intel services are watching greatly. And, and hopefully if they start to get a hint, they can get that information to the decision makers and they'll hopefully they'll make the right decision, maybe add a little pressure, but not too much and cause it to collapse. But we have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is amazing to me. This is, this is the makings of a movie. I would think if, if Ukraine is successful, able to drive the Russians out, really able to, to stop this, what, what thought was thought to be a cakewalk by the Russians, this someday should be turned into a movie of, of just uh, showcasing the, the heroism and the, the determination, the will of the Ukrainian people to save their own country. I think it's a fabulous story. It, it is something for all autocrats to remember that when people are fighting for their own country on their own grounds, it's a fearsome force. Uh, it, it's a, it has a dynamic that, you know, transcends the, comparisons of military power and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they may go down, but if they go down swinging, they can make that, that larger power bleed an awful lot. Yeah. And that needs to be considered when you decide if you're going to do this kind of crazy, well, we're just going to take over this country because we can. Well, the, you're going to pay a price one way or another. The Ukrainians are exacting an enormous price from Russia for what the Russians chose to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. I, I hope the reports are accurate. I hope uh, the fact that the Ukrainians are driving the Russians out. Again, we don't know what the numbers are, what that one-third represents. Is that is that units? Is it people? You know, they had, at one point, I guess, what, what 200,000 masked at the border, but they didn't send all 200,000 in, I'm guessing, right? Well, they, they sent most of them. Oh, they so did? It's, it, uh, wow. I, I, that's why I... I I can't believe it's one third of the bodies yeah, are that, that now gone, yeah. you know, either captured, killed or wounded. Yeah. Uh, but one third of the units no longer combat effective. That that's I couldn't I could buy that. The, the, the Ukrainians between the Ukrainians taking out vehicles and generals and, yeah. and other commanders from the logistical failures, you know, there's entire units just ran out of gas and left parked on the side of the road. Those kind of things, you know, uh, there's a lot of those units that are not combat effective right now. Right. Right. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and, and we continue to pray for the folks in Ukraine and wish them well and uh, an end to the war and end to the killing of the innocents. Hey, uh, Steve, Absolutely. thanks so much for being on. Really, Steve Bucci, Heritage Foundation. Always appreciate you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Pastor. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, very good. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 